see trees of green, red roses too. I see them bloom for me and you. And I think to myself, what a wonderful world. Virgin Valley Artists Association welcomes you to the Art Box. Recorded in beautiful Virgin Valley, Nevada, and sponsored by the Virgin Valley Artists Association. Our association has something for everyone. Come and get creative with us at 15 West Mesquite Boulevard, Mesquite, Nevada, and find us online at mesquitefineartcenter.com. Hosting today's episode is Rochelle Knight and Steve Dudrow. Let's go have some fun. The Art Box. Today, coming to you live from the studios of Floyd Johnson, we bring you 10 Minutes with Floyd. Off we go. Today, our subject is how to price your art. And I think Floyd is a perfect person to talk this through because he's had such a long career, a very successful career, and I'm sure maybe even has had different ways to price his art through the years. Floyd, currently, how do you price your art? Well, currently, it's as simple as can be, is I just price it for what I feel the painting is, has of its value to me. And that's not being uh, realistic market-wise, market because uh, I find out it with, through experience that there could be so many different people that would have so many different variations on what they would consider to be what a painting to be worth. But uh, a person buys a painting for what they feel it's worth to them. And by the same token, I price a painting for what it's worth to me. And that's kind of just the basis that I use. So when you say what it's worth to you, is that based on the feeling of the painting, how you feel because it was an emotional thing to paint? or by how long it took you? No, not for how long it took, but for how well it might have come out. In other words, sometimes I start a painting with great expectations only to be disappointed, in which case, well, I don't have to be asking so much for this one. Right, okay. <laughs> and other times I could be doing it and, and it, it comes out uh, as good or better. And then, then it's a question on, did the other extreme, where I might not want to put any price on it. I, I want to kind of keep it for myself or, or for my kids. Right. Yeah, so let me ask you to that, because I've heard other artists say, I'm going to price this so high because I want to keep it hanging on my wall. Yes. I've done that intentionally a couple of times. When, uh, in fact, this one painting that I have on the wall over there of the uh, Australian cowboy, and my son had said that uh, he, he wanted to have that painting, so I wanted to enter it uh, in competition for whatever the, the theme was that month, but I know I, that was the first time I consciously put a price tag much higher than, than it, what I felt it was worth because I didn't want to sell it. <laughs> See, I did that. My, the first prize that I won was for a hidden images painting I did. It was only a 16 by 20, which is the smallest I've ever done, and I won third 
place, which was huge because I had just entered the gallery. I didn't want to sell it, and so I put it for $1,000, and it was only a 16 by 20. And certain, I, sure enough, I didn't sell it. <laughs> but it's been one of my favorites, so I'm, I'm glad. Some, sometimes our plan works nicely, <laughs> Yes, it, it does. <laughs> well, so how has your pricing changed throughout the years? Because you did start Cartoon as Freelance, and so how, what's been the evolution of pricing since then for you? Well, when I started as a freelance commercial artist, it was uh, almost done exclusively on, on an hourly basis. For how, however long it took me to get a job done, I would be charging X number of dollars until I got the, that assignment done. And sometimes if I ran into a problem that was my fault, I would just have to kind of swallow part of the, uh, the cost on that. Sure. But for the most part, uh, this, this was if I took the, uh, the artwork home to do the work. If I was working in the studio at, a, like at, at an adver advertising agency, then it would be strictly on the basis of so much per hour. So that was, uh, the pricing was always prede predetermined. Mm -hmm. Even if I didn't know exactly how long I'd be, I'd be working on the project, the, the pricing was always uh, already agreed upon between me and the, uh, and the client. Mm -hmm. Floyd, what about when our earlier episode, you talked about the Wednesdays when everybody would go around and try to get the agencies mm -hmm. to pick up their art. Okay, then you were, you had a piece of art in your hand. That was strictly cartoon. That okay. was called Cartoon Wednesday cartoon in New York Wednesday. City. And uh, we'd bring in uh, a batch of, of cartoons sp specifically geared for that magazine. And then uh, making the presentation and then uh, the cartoon editor would hopefully buy uh, I number or none on, on the spot. <laughs> so, so you left the office knowing if you made a sale or not. So now, did they offer you a price, or did you, when you presented them the cartoon? They would, all, they would always, as far as I know, have a set price for, uh, for what they would pay for a cartoon. But the, the gold standard was the Saturday Evening Post, because I think they were paying $150 for a cartoon, which was far and away more than any other magazine. But then there were uh, lesser magazines with a lesser price, and if they... Uh, if they had a set price of $20 per cartoon, that's what you would get okay. if they bought one. So there was no haggling? No, no, never. <laughs> Interesting. When I researched, as I did it, especially when I first started out about pricing, a lot of opinions on the internet, and there, there was two more formulaic ways. One is linear, and so you add the, the height and the width together, and then you times it by a certain figure. Or you can do per square inch, which is what I do now, is length times height and then times it by a factor of whatever. Mine currently is a dollar, dollar per square. Then it kind of makes it so each painting cost is relative, or the price is relative to the size of the painting. And then what I've read is if you go through a year with a certain factor, so like the dollar, and you don't sell anything, then next year bring it down 10 cents. Or if you sell everything, then you bump it up another factor 
cents, probably 10 to 50 cents, or maybe even a lot more. And it's interesting, too, because when I look at other artists and their art online or different pricing, it's interesting. I always, t I always kind of do that math in my head. It, it, okay, well, printing is $1,000. What size is it? What is their factor? The company I use to do reproductions, we talk quite a bit, the gentleman and I, about pricing, and, and he'll have very, very professional artists, and he'll tell me, oh, well, they get $9 per square inch or $4 a square inch. It's been, it's actually really fascinating to me how people do it. And they do say, you should never come down on your price. If someone wants your art, then then that's the, that's the price. Um, well, Michelle, I envy you because you have a, your system all worked out. <laughs> When, when I start with a blank canvas, I have no idea what the painting is going to be worth by the time I can finish because I don't know how it's going to turn out. So that, that's why I have the complete flex, flexibility. If I thought I went on the square, uh, on the square inch basis, I was, uh, I was pointing out to, to you and Steve that in, the, in my back room there, I've got a three foot by six foot canvas. If I were charging by the square inch, oh, yeah. I'd be bringing that out and working on that right away <laughs> to, to get maximum right. worth out of it. But when I get that painting done, I might not like it, and uh, hopefully it'll turn out okay. But I have no idea what what the charge is going to be on any painting beforehand. So, right. and how do you feel? There's kind of an adage out there. I think uh, I think Kathleen even mentioned it once to me. It was cute. She said that she had an art teacher that said, "You never put your name on something." until you are done and you're not ever going to come back like you are solid with this painting how do you how do you feel to that well the signature is always the very last thing sure. that i've done on a painting but what i have done sometimes if i get it done supposedly all done even done and varnished and then it doesn't sell and it sits around for a while and then i look at it and i say well you know i could really do something different with that then I have done this in the past where I'll read Jesso over the, over the whole painting, or maybe, I would say part, it's pretty hard to just do it over part of the painting, right. but maybe even doing the, the same subject, but in a different way. And I might not like it that second time either, <laughs> but that's the chance to take. And, and that's on the same canvas? On the same canvas, yeah. Okay. And there, over the last couple of weeks, I've heard you both talk about that mm -hmm. yeah no do you re reuse canvases a lot sometimes I'll mess up on one and I put it in the corner and then I feel oh that's icky I've already painted over it I want fresh <laughs> do you ever have that well what's interesting is that when I when I lived in uh, Minneapolis and started on paintings I did paintings almost exclusively on masonite board mm -hmm. and I found that interesting and I got so comfortable with it but uh, I would always have to end up framing it because you know, that's just not a uh, eighth inch masonite right. board right. or a quarter inch eighth masonite board but then when I I guess it started really when I was living with my son in Arizona and he he pointed out to me these uh, one and a half inch thick canvases and he said well you know if you do these paintings and you paint on the edge you don't have to put a frame around it right, at all right and that really encouraged me yes. and that's <laughs> what i use exclusively i love that and then because framing sometimes could be more than what you're selling Ab a painting for absolutely 
And I think that kind of, to kind of circle back to our topic, is I know a lot of people too take into consideration in their if they're, if they're pricing like I do with a factor is that you do have to factor in the supplies and how much it costs you to just actually sit down with a, you know a big mm-hmm. canvas and start painting. I think a lot of people don't realize how much these canvases are. They're just they're going so high as far as price and getting them, especially when you have a big one, getting it to your house and, and then the paints themselves. My gosh, I'm in, I'm embarrassed at how much I spend on paint. Those are all factors, of course, too yeah, totally. that you have to consider when you're pricing. I had this one situation where a fellow saw this. Uh, See, was this a painting? No, this, this, was a, this was a drawing. It was a, a white on black drawing that I did of, of uh, Chief Justice Marshall. And the, the fellow was a lawyer. And he said, uh, boy, I really like that painting. He's, uh, how much would it cost? And he was, a, he was a friend of a friend. So I said, well, I tell you, uh, you, I'll sell it to you for, for uh for $500, but I'll pay for the framing. Oh, wow. And, and he said, yeah, that'll be fair. So I think, well, you know, he spends $50, $50 $50 or $60 for a frame. That'll still be okay. Turns out he spent $450 on the frame. Oh, no. <laughs> so, so I think I might have gotten back the cost of the, the paint and the brush on that. Oh, that's heartbreaking. <laughs> so yeah, it's really something you, you never know for sure how something is going to work out. Right. You don't. All right, 10 minutes is up. Okay. Last word on uh, pricing. Floyd? As much as you can get. <laughs> Rochelle? I, I agree. And don't come down, and this is your soul you're hanging on the wall, so make sure that you're getting out what you put in. 10 minutes with Floyd is over. Goodbye. Thank you. Bye. Thanks for having me. Broadcasting from Mesquite, Nevada, in the scenic Mojave Desert, the Art Box sponsors thank you for listening. To find our next and past podcasts, visit us online at mesquitefineartcenter.com.